all the video you need in one convenient solution. QuickFrame by Mountain is the premier video creation platform that delivers high-performing content designed for every channel, audience, or objective. Through a diverse network of production companies hungry to bring your vision to life and a technology platform that connects your brand with the perfect creative collaborators, their approach has hacked the traditional production process, helping their customers create more video content than ever before. Don't you want that too? Visit quickframe.com to find out how. As the creator economy continues to evolve, the Waze brands partner with them is developing in exciting ways as well. In this special creator-focused panel from Advertising Week New York 2022, three powerhouse creators discuss with Meta how they build community in the social sphere, how brands can work with creators to navigate cultural shifts, and how to utilize creators to break through a cluttered marketplace and drive real impact. We hope you enjoy this episode. My name is Nada Stirrett. I'm the Vice President of the Global Business Group for the Americas at Meta, where we work with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of partners of all sizes who advertise on Facebook, on Instagram, on WhatsApp, and Messenger. And I have to say, over the last few, probably close to a year, one of the biggest questions that we keep getting asked by clients is, what is happening in the creator economy, in the creator ecosystem. Remember when, in, when Instagram first came out and just the extraordinary attention on influencers. Well, now you're starting to see that broaden into a couple of other types of definitions. And so we look at that and we think, what's the best way to help our advertisers tap into what is incredibly now the creator economy? And so I wanna share a couple of stats with you. Um, a recent external study showed that 2021, people spent 133 billion minutes with creator content on our platforms. That is 13 times what they spent with branded content and branded video. And so I think that's a really important thing to see what creators are building in the world. So one of the best ways to really understand what's happening in the creator world is to have an extraordinary panel of creators and people who have built extraordinary followers in very different ways. And so I couldn't be more excited. And let me tell you a little bit about them. At the far end is Paige Piskin, who has been named a legend of the metaverse by Vice, an artistic master by Meta for her success in augmented reality. She's known to all as the queen of AR, featuring prominently across a who's who of companies and brands that are building in this space. And she's got over 200 billion views across her social AR experiences. Welcome, Paige. Thank you. Immediately to my right is supermodel, entrepreneur, and advisor Coco Rocha, who once famously quipped to Vogue that using social media to build your brand is the way of the 20th first, 21st century girl. She's considered the world's first digital supermodel, and she's also an advocate for her industry and investor across a wide swath of digital startups. Welcome, Coco. An artist and creative director, Pablo Rochat, who 
taps into online culture to create high-impact content for brands and win awards in the process. He oversees, and this is a long list, art direction, creative direction, viral marketing, branding, identity, creative development for some of the biggest clients in the world. And you've been recognized through a whole host of industry awards. So welcome, Pablo. Thank so you. delighted that you're all here. Thanks, guys. So the first question is going to be to help set the stage for the audience, um, thinking about the creator landscape. So because each of you approaches it in a different way, I want to know what is the superpower that you, what, your superpower that sets your social presence apart in a great, growing creator economy? And then I also want to know, how do you think about the influence of creators and how it's growing? Coco, you want to go first? Sure. Um, well, to start with the second part of the question, I truly think we've always had people that influence. We already know that. You think of James Dean, t-shirt, white t-shirt, jeans, people wanted to buy that, Marilyn Monroe, bleaches her hair, the world wants to do the same thing. So it always, we always have influencers, uh, but usually it was chosen by some sort of uh, director of those industries, industry leaders. And now, it is pretty much the public. The public gets to decide who will influence me, who will be the one that uh, captures my eye. So pretty much you have the girl next door plus a celebrity or a model. Any of those have the same chances of influencing. So that is an exciting time for many who felt like they had to have the approval of some sort of industry. Um, my superpower, I don't know if it's really a superpower, but. Uh, I've always thought a model must influence traditionally if it was in the magazines or when social media became such a huge uh, part of our world. Um, but at the same time, I was, uh, one, considered the first model to use it, but also such a backlash for using it. And so I realized that if I'm going to continue this route, I would be also considered an influencer. So to, to all of that, I believe I'm a a good model who influences, but I also think I use the influence tools and I am an influencer who models. One day, that might sound like a riddle, but one day the worlds must collide. In fact, they are colliding, and if you can't do one, you will not be able to do the other. So we're finding in our industry of fashion that these two worlds uh, are the same, in fact. And we're seeing that across all arts, uh, absolutely. Pablo, what's your superpower and what's your approach and how do you see the creator economy evolving? Um, so I look at my work as, well, first of all, I just love coming up with ideas. I'm in constant pursuit of a creative idea because that's what I love to see out in the world. That's what inspires me. Um, that's what I enjoy doing. And, but more importantly, I love showing people creative ideas um, and getting the reaction. Um, I am constantly in my own little laboratory experimenting with new ideas, what new creative tools are coming out. Um, playing with animation, video, photography, memes, luxury fashion. Um, so each time I do these experiments, and over time, I can learn more and more about who I am as a creator, what my voice is, and also what the, enjoy, the audience wants to see. Because um, it's just as important for me to show something of value um, to an audience as it is for me to indulge in the making process. Mm -hmm. And so I really do pay attention to how my work is received in the world, um, looking at you know the numbers. Uh, my stuff may seem silly and casual at times, but I'm seriously looking at the 
insights tool on Instagram, for example, looking at what people actually like, because my goal is to make something that someone enjoys, and mm -hmm. um, those numbers help. So um, yeah, I guess my superpower is just constantly experimenting with new ideas and paying close attention to what's working. Thank you. And Paige. So I feel like my answer kind of is like a little bit of what both of you said. Like I feel like today everybody's a creator, and I'm a creator who creates tools for other people to create content. Creating augmented reality effects, I create effects that I believe are innovative, shareworthy, and inclusive. And my idea is always to try to create effects that people are going to be able to use to tell their story. And I also do something similar where I look at the analytics behind my effects and how they're trending, where they're trending in the world, who's using them, how are they using them, how are they using them in trends. Then I try to learn from that to create more effects and see how people use those as well. So I'm always creating stuff that I want to create, but I'm also creating with everybody else in mind and how they're going to use it to tell their stories and share their content. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of my superpower. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's an impressive superpower. Um, I'm going to switch just for a little bit because, Coco, what I love is that you've partnered with brands on your own social channels and you're the owner of a global model and talent management company. So talk about that vantage point because it is unique. And so how do you think brand partnerships should be working? Yes. So I think everyone, no offense to the brands, but I think there's some slight mistakes that are happening. Uh, one is some brands are looking at somebody that might be a high count of uh, followers that they think that they have such influence over their followers and so they look at the numbers going millions therefore it's going to equal dollar signs and I think most of us already are recognizing that's not the case to do the analytics to look up who is following um, is such an important thing but cross over that they then start to say well you know what we're a brand we have a whole team that can tell you as professionals what we want you to create and they go to a creator saying this is how you're going to do it now, if it's a lot of money, the creator might sell out and go, okay, fine, let's do this thing. But sure enough, they want that one video, they want it to go viral, make it viral. And all of a sudden, it all flops. And they go, why didn't you, the creator, make this happen like you do it all the time? So all of that together is, is pointless. All that time and effort is pointless. So one, do we need a creator that has so much... Uh, the numbers of uh, followers, is it that important? Yes, if you know who is following. Yeah. You can have a top star right now and they have an army of 14-year-olds that don't buy Gucci Prada Fendi. Yeah. And so therefore it's not really helpful. But a micro uh, influencer who has a smaller account but knows exactly who follows, if it is man or female, if it is in what range of who, prices, all of that matters. And so doing a little homework, but not just that homework, are we aligned? Do you have the same beliefs as I do as a creator? Because that does matter to the creator as well as your brand. And uh, lastly, to make sure that it is, well not lastly, surprise, surprise us. That's why we like to look at these videos that go viral. It's like, wow, didn't expect that. During Fashion Week this season, my husband and I made a joke that we knew what designer was going to have what pop star do the runway show. <laughs> Funny enough, two of them did happen. And it wasn't a surprise. It was just expected. I think that's the, the problem. It worked once before for this brand, so let's make it happen for us. So to let a creator actually take control as why you chose them, because they are pretty good at what they do, it might go viral and it might not, but at the last, last point is making sure that it's not just a one and done deal. I can't stand as a model, they're like, make sure your images impact the world, but only one season. 
how about a few years or a few seasons so that people go, hey, it's Coco. Coco's the model does this. That, she's the one that has the brand that does that. So it's long. It's longer than just a viral video, I think, is all of that combined is the, uh, the problem we're facing. Well, I also think it's interesting, and for those of us in the um, advertising business, um, a lot of us have always equated the new creator movement with what the spokesmodel, the spokesperson movement was before, where you're at an agency and you pay lots of money for somebody to create a commercial that you wrote and they read the script. And I think what the creator economy is doing now is throwing that completely on its head because you're not there to get somebody to read the words you wrote. You're there to tap in to this extraordinary following. You are a brand. And so as a marketer, I'd want to tap into the fact that millions of people believe you and you're authentic in your relationship with them. Very different, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very different, um, relationship that's going to happen in marketing overall, and it'll evolve for a while now, and I'm excited about that. What are you finding, Paige? So when I'm working with brands in augmented reality, there's kind of like a similar feeling that I have as well, where I'm always looking to establish like authentic relationships with the brands and have brands that fit well into the type of effects that I create. So most of the time when brands do reach out to me, they're reaching out because they've seen the type of effects that I do, makeup, characters, um, environment, transformations, and stuff like that. And then they come to me with ideas that are based off of what they see on, on my account. And so that ends up where I get to create something that feels very authentic to my audience as well. So I feel like that's very important for me always. And um, yeah, so I've, I've also, when you've mentioned working with brands long term, um, I've been working with L'Oreal for the past three years on various campaigns for their sub-brands like Urban Decay, Cacharel, NYX. And so as we work together, our relationship gets better. The effects just become really amazing. And um, we're really creating things for an audience that gets excited to see what's next with L'Oreal. What are they going to launch next? What's their next campaign going to look like? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally agree with what you said. And Pablo, talk a little bit about that relationship. And so um, take us through how brands find you. How or Do you find brands? Take us a little bit through your relationship on that. Yeah, well, I, I treat my social platforms as like a public sketchbook where people can follow along and be interested or not interested if, if they choose in uh, what I'm doing. And um, usually a brand will reach out because they've maybe seen something I've done before or are interested in my audience. And the best way for that relationship to begin is for both me and the brand to bring our best insights to the table, um, even before any ideas are shared, because we are constantly making and putting stuff out in the world, and we're learning about what ideas may be played out, what ideas are, uh, what kind of content is interesting or um, potentially fresh to our audience. And so for us to be able to let the brands know what is going to work best on our page and for the brand to also let me know what they have learned in terms of what product mark, uh, messaging and um, content has worked best for their customers, potential customers, and audience members. And from there, I think it's important for me to bounce ideas off of them. It should be a collaboration just as much as um, it's a collaboration with my audience. It should be a collaboration with their audience as well. So, um, and I agree with both Paige and Coco about um, the one-off post. Yeah, it does get a word out, but imagine uh, I'm having a dinner party with all my followers. The brand could knock on the door and say hi and leave, 
or if they want, they can hang out and get to know people and develop a deeper relationship. That's why I think the work does get better when brands partner over a period of time with a creator and um, the audience gets a chance to spend more time with that brand. Um, so, I'm using that forever. Okay. I'll copyright yeah. it. Please do. Yeah, I'm, I'm using yeah. it. Perfect. <laughs> You'll hear from me. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah. brands are people, audience are people. I mean, if brands are treated like people, you want to get to know them and, you know, what's but the now, conversation ever, look like? Do you ever not want to work with a particular brand? Like, have uh, you had that initial meeting and then say, like, oh, this is not going to, I can't be authentic? Uh, well, I think even if the brand hasn't done their research and they're being prescriptive about what they want me to say, uh, you know, a short conversation can get a lot done in terms of me letting them know what I think my audience actually cares about and also me learning why they want me to say something in particular. Um, you know, when a brand does a little bit of research into the creator they're reaching out to, it can be really meaningful to point to work that they've loved, or point to work that they find, find will work well with them. And um, so you can get to know each other even after a cold email. But, um, and I personally love working with a variety of brands. It could be like a sexy fashion brand or a bank. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of opportunities for uh, the financial space, for example, where it's maybe not as sexy as, as a brand, but there's so much opportunity to be actually surprisingly interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so they actually, sometimes it's harder to make interesting content with a brand that's already really interesting. <laughs> make it but interesting. Uh, of course I'll take it and um, I'm just open to the creative challenge. And it's fun to actually make something look, um, engage, or make something engaging where people might not expect that. I would say that I have definitely uh, avoided working with brands or uh, companies because they haven't done their homework. I've done my homework looking up them. I already took the initial meeting of like, I recognize that we're aligned in certain things, but when I start to see sort of what they expect from me, what they've decided is like the route we're going and this is the only way, um, or also the frustration of just not knowing what I stand for. Like where, where I come from, from the model that had no voice in the sense that there was no such thing as social media for us to use, to now being able to use my voice if it is for silly things um, or for very, uh, to use a, a megaphone, I, I, it frustrates me for a company to be like, it doesn't really matter. To me, it really does to come from a place of no voice to now having a voice. I think that's one thing creators would like to just be aware of, or rather a brand be aware of, is mm -hmm. like, your voice does matter. Clearly it matters because people follow you for that reason. So for me, being authentic, mm -hmm. I hate that word, but it is truthful that I want you to look at me and go, you know what, yes, Coco's selling us something over here, but she's also very much dedicated to this thing over here, and we trust her when she is talking about these things. And I speak on behalf of people. Mm -hmm. So if it is I'm the voice of models that were not heard in a generation that was not allowed to speak up, that is always in the back of my head for even brand partnerships. So I think that's when I say no, is mm -hmm. when I feel like this doesn't work. We don't have the same alignment yeah. at this point. And that totally makes sense. And now, how do you talk a little bit about that? You know, I'll use the word authentic too, sorry. Um, but because you do have a relationship with followers, millions of followers. And so how, how do you get that feedback loop? Like, how do you know that what you're putting out there, people are responding to? Paige. In, in my world, I, I will launch a filter. And I kind of like look at how does it, how does it um, 
reach the first few days, you know, are my friends using it? Are their friends using it? Are people tagging me in it? And then I could kind of tell, all right, this is something that people really relate to. And then I watch as it uh, grows, like through the analytics and the amount of videos that are created, and I could kind of tell if something's going to have like a viral reach from that. So I learn each time I create an effect, like from how, how it performs and how people are using it, how long the trend lasts for it. Is it something that gets revived with brand new trends? And then I take that knowledge and then I'll apply it to future projects as well as with clients. That's why it's also so important for brands that are working with me to maybe want to hear out my stories and what I've done before, ask how things have performed in the past, to try to understand a little bit more from me as a creator who's created over 300 effects, how those effects have performed and what I would suggest for their brand. A lot of times brands will come to me and they'll say, hey, we have an idea for a filter based off of this ad we created and we think it would look really cool if you just made the exact ad but as a filter the person's head's on. And I, I'm always like, well, maybe we, we could try to figure out a way to make it a little bit more something that might fit into the way they tell their stories. You know, how can it fit organically into their content? And then we kind of just kind of take that, mesh it a little bit with what the brand wants to create, and then we create a branded content filter out of it. So that's, that's been my experience so far working with brands. And yeah. And then Pablo, do you read comments? I do. Um, that was not very convincing. I do, I do. <laughs> okay. um, Loves the fires. But, it's, <laughs> um, but and funny enough, I feel like the numbers uh, show me more than the comments. Um, no one's going to say, hey, I, I wish that the video didn't end this way. It could have had something pop five seconds in. So the numbers are like in Facebook and all the social platforms do a really good job of showing you what's working because they want the content to work just as much as you do. And so, yeah, um, it's really fun to, you know, it sucks when something doesn't do well, but it gives you the opportunity to do something better the next time. And um, I really believe in doing lots of experiments. Sometimes I've, you know, brands will do one big bang and maybe it falls flat, but what if they were to do like 10 little projects and one of them can go pop? Like viral videos are often things that are shot in like 10 seconds and the filming their kids in the car seat in the back or, you know, filming their cat on the floor. It doesn't need to be a big production to learn what is actually going to work. And in fact, you can do a big production later after you've learned what experiment has worked best for you. And um, the numbers do all of that work for you in terms of developing insights. Yeah. I love like the idea of someone trying to plan a viral video. There's never has a viral video worked out that way. Like whenever my husband and I yeah. are like, this is it. It's never it. <laughs> and the moment I'm like, you know what? After we had like a, a glass of wine, I'm like, let's do a video. And it's like that. That's the one. That's, that's the one, one that everyone's like, we love that one. So, for anyone in here that's like, you are. It, it is a brand's job to like go over the numbers and figure out like what will be the video and what is the thing that will be perfect. What you just said was exactly it. Ten little things. Throw it out there. Let's see which one gra gravitates, which one grabs. And then from there we learn like maybe there is a commercial to create off of that. Maybe there is yeah. a TV show based off of that. Whatever it is. But that is like how we do it. That's how I know if my room is like, I will buy that, or I hate that. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> like, right. That yeah. is where we, we learn from them. Yeah, and people have, audience have such a short-term memory that uh, we think that we should be embarrassed when something falls flat, and I do. And I also take stuff down if it's not working as much. I'm like my husband. I'm like, keep it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't be afraid to, even as a brand, take something down if it doesn't get, isn't well-received. Um, 
people are not gonna, the people are going to remember your like really engaging content or viral content potentially um, and forget about the stuff that was not interesting to them. Not so, interesting. Yeah. And it's also, I think, the, um, and, and I am incredibly lucky that between our properties, you've got you know, almost three or more than three billion people a month. That's a lot of people to engage with your content. And to your point, looking at the data, it, it, the feedback loop is pretty instantaneous when you've got that kind of scale. Um, and that's what's really exciting about this entire space for us. We are also coming out with a study this week. Um, one of the big things that we are excited about is that people will follow creators into the metaverse. Um, everyone's talking about the metaverse. Everybody's talking about the excitement in building for the metaverse. And people are thinking it's going to be just gamers and headsets. And the reality of the metaverse is going to be being together when you're not physically present. So I could be in glasses. You could be in a headset. You could be live. You could be on your laptop. And how do we create this kind of relationship? Um, and, and then how do you insert a brand into that relationship? And so we're very excited about that. It will talk about things like 71% of early adopters surveyed globally wish there was a way to have more meaningful, authentic community experiences. And so again, talking, you know, piggybacking onto what you've all been talking about, this community that you are building. Um, and people are very hopeful that the metaverse is going to help solve for that. And so I want to start with you, Paige, um, being that you are truly a super trendsetter in this augmented reality space. How are you thinking about the metaverse? And how are you thinking about migrating your audience from 2D into 3D and beyond? As an AR creator, I'm super excited about the metaverse and everything that's coming, especially with wearables and AR glasses and the new headset and everything. So I'm always thinking, like, how can I kind of like migrate my work into that space. And I feel like you said, it's gonna be some people are on a cell phone, some people are wearing a headset, some people have immersive, you know, the Ray-Ban glasses of the future, maybe it will be like that. Um, but I'm looking, I'm looking now at the kind of effects that I create, and right now I create characters and makeup looks. And now I'm starting to transition to using the back camera and trying to create environments that people can walk around in. And so I imagine in the future, there's gonna be some really exciting technology that we're, we, don't, we can't even imagine right now. Like imagine maybe technology where you're able to transform into a character from a movie that you love and you're able to immerse yourself in that environment as well. Maybe even change your house to look like a house from the 1920s. Or maybe you can make your house look like you're on Mars. You can use technology that we have coming out using AI and machine learning to actually build environments in real time. So there's so many things that are exciting to come that we can't even really imagine yet, but I'm trying to prepare for that now. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, I think people also don't realize that, and, and Mark Zuckerberg has been very clear, the metaverse is five to ten years out, and we have to get out of the mindset. Is that my wrap-up signal? Someone just decided to throw something? Just kidding. Um, the, you know, the metaverse is five to ten years out, certainly from this immersive experience that we're thinking about. So, um, so Pablo, tell me what you're thinking about the metaverse and how you're thinking about the migration. Yeah, well, I'm, just like most people, I think, I'm still learning about it, and... I think brands are also doing a lot of soul searching on who they are in the metaverse. And I don't think there needs to be a big pressure to make a big statement and decide we are this in the metaverse. Um, just as I was talking before, it's like, let's just try things um, and experiment with lots of little things. Uh, what does a brick and mortar look like in a VR headset? What does a, a retail experience look like when you go into a store with uh, you know, AR glasses on. Um, what does a community on the blockchain look like for your um, customers? 
just try stuff. We don't need to do like a big bang. Obviously, there are PR-worthy moments that are happening, but um, because it's happening, what feels like fast, but also it's happening slowly, like you just mentioned, um, it gives us a lot of opportunity just to dabble. Mm -hmm. Why not just create, a, set up a little laboratory in uh, the metaverse and just try stuff. And we say it's like also it's 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 about the creator because you're not going to go by yourself and have a boring experience. So your your, your creator is going to lead you there. And for brands, get comfortable in experimenting. Get comfortable also in messaging because you want to be able to articulate and communicate with thousands of individuals simultaneously. And so through messaging, through WhatsApp, through ways to be able to get the technology working, it's going to be really important. And there's lots of time for experimentation right now. Yeah, and the audience needs time, too, the audience needs to time. find themselves right. there. Um, so brands can also, and we can also educate the audience on what we're doing mm -hmm. in the metaverse on our... I think the thing is just to get on there, um, going again, sound like a a broken record, but going back to this time of no social media in an industry that really believes it's so forward-thinking in fashion, to then hear of some industry leaders that, hey, you get on this new technology and you're going to your career. Wow, they really want us off. <laughs> um, and you're going to ruin your career. In fact, we will make sure that you have no career using a technology like this. And here we are. We all need it, correct? Yeah. So now I think we're at that same moment again. The metaverse to the fashion industry, some people remembered. Like, remember when we didn't get on the train? And now we're like rushing to figure out what it is? We need to get on this train. But now it's a rush of like, well, what do we do? I don't know. Let's just do something. So it's, yeah, we can still take our time. We're early adopters. We get to really control what this is going to look like. But for those in the fashion space, this is our world. Metaverse will be amazing. From the idea that, like, think of haute couture, which is one-of-a-kind pieces in fashion, traditional fashion. That is an NFT. That will be a, in my avatar, wearing a one-of-a-kind piece that I could actually buy and maybe even create. That is our world. The idea of being able to train our models. For example, I train models, but I see them in person. I love that I could actually spread this to the world, that they don't need to leave their home, but we could have a really authentic... Uh, uh, experience together. The idea that models, I have an avatar, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it yet, right. but I'm learning. And does she live in a world where she's going to sell products like I do? Yes. And so just taking these chances, they might fail, like we said, things fail, but you're not going to remember my failures. You'll probably remember the successful things that we did. So for us, I truly believe we are just about Let's be the first. Let's be the ones that go ahead and try. Because in the end, it's probably going to work out. That's amazing. Well, it's um, like I said, there are many, many years for all of us to experiment and think about the metaverse. And, um, and to your points, test and learn and test and learn. But the creator ecosystem and the diversity of this panel is where the next waves of innovation are going to be, the waves of technology. And to your earlier points, all of you, the use of data to make sure that that connection is a strong one and that you're educated and brands are educated. And with that, I cannot thank you enough. Coco, Pablo, and Paige, you've been an extraordinary panelist. And, um, and such a diverse, and we're at, oh, now I'm really getting off of time. They're like, move, stop talking. We have to go, but it's been such a great panel. By the way, I could have thank spent you another hour. As well. So thank you so much, everybody, and thank you. Thanks for listening. 
For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's rapidly growing podcast network at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts. Creating videos has traditionally been expensive and time-consuming, but that's not how QuickFrame by Mountain does things. They've streamlined production to deliver a faster, more efficient way to produce videos at scale. Their platform matches brands with a highly curated network of production companies and content creators to ensure you have the best creative partner to produce videos that resonate with your target audience. Are you ready to get all the creativity without any of the baggage? Get started at QuickFrame.com.